Today's gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 16. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks. Thanks, Allison. You may be seated. I have heard people described as strong Christians or faithful Christians. <clears throat> and next time I hear this, I need to ask what merit, merit such superlatives to describe one's faith. Is it that they pray a lot or extensively do things for other people? Or is it because they go to church every week or they have endured difficult things in their lives? I wonder how Peter would be described especially in light of these conversations he's having with Jesus. Last week we heard Peter was affirmed for his confession of faith. Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter's answer, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Well done, Peter. He was affirmed in his faith. And then suddenly it changes as Jesus tells Peter and the disciples how he must suffer and die. Peter loses it. God, forbid it, Lord. This must never happen to you. And then Jesus says to Peter, just as Allison just shared, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. In the next moment, Jesus reprimands Peter for his short-sightedness by thinking of human things rather than divine things. I have to side with Peter. It's really difficult to understand why Jesus, God made flesh, who came to this earth to save the world, would have this saving be known through his own suffering and death. And it's essential for us to remember at this point that the disciples do not know the details of Jesus' arrest, death, or resurrection. 
What they do know is the cross, the means of crucifixion, was a humiliating public death for those who opposed the worldly power structures. And so, no wonder Peter struggles at trying to understand this. This passage has always been a struggle for me, and kind of a scary one. Denying ourselves, bearing crosses in order to follow Jesus, what does this all mean? I was taught a time or two, and I would say that many still believe that taking up one's cross is the reality that all of us at some point will experience great suffering. And then this suffering is the cross that we must bear in our lives. And with this then, we live our lives just waiting for the shoe to drop. And we say things to ourselves like, you know, my life is going pretty well right now. I know I can't keep this up forever. And so we wonder and we worry about when something bad will happen. Or we suppress our agony and our questions in the midst of our suffering because we believe that it's just something that we must endure. When we think like this, it's like the whack the mole game at the State Fair, or I just saw it at Dave and Buster's. God has the mallet and is just ready to whack us down when we get too high. The problem with this thinking, then, is that we spend our lives trapped in fear and anxiety, and we build up our lives to protect us from the world. And when this happens, God becomes some far-off disciplinarian, and we miss the opportunity to live fully. And then the denying of oneself. Some still believe that this means withdrawing from everything that is bodily enjoyable or calorie-filled. Sometimes we use guilt or obligation to make us do better with the things that we're supposed to do, like give something up or take something on. But even if we try to find ways to be more faithful, we still end up focusing on ourselves and we're looking inward and we miss the opportunity to look outward. So then how are we to do this? to deny oneself without becoming self-focused, and how do we take up the cross and follow Jesus? I wonder if it's helpful to start in another place. Matthew writes, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hand of the elder and chief priests and the scribes be killed, and on the third day be raised. Jesus is going to show his disciples how great God's love for the world really is. He will resist the power of this world and take on a public shame-filled death in order to reveal another story. The foolishness and scandal of the cross become the place of new life but he needs to show his disciples, that's us, 
how to do this. And he did in every moment of his life and death. And that's really what we have. To hear these stories of how Jesus did this, how he showed up, who did he interact with, and what did he say and do. And then our call is to witness to this, to embody the truth and believe that God came down into the world in Jesus and through the cross and resurrection, that the world is changed and we are changed. God has already acted specifically and decisively in Jesus. And because of this, the world is changed and saved. It's already here for us to embody, to take in, and to share. And because of this, we are called to have hope to be changed, and to give of ourselves because we can. To give of our faith and our personhood. You have something to give, to confess and to witness to God's inclusive love and mercy. So what is it then for you it is no longer passive or guilt-ridden. It is an active, living, vibrant faith. And it's real and tangible in our relationships, in the decisions we make, in how we treat people, how we stand up for injustice, how we give of ourselves. Yet, here's the struggle. We forget, we stumble. We play old tapes in our minds, and then we get spun so tightly into our own lives, we get locked away again into our thinking that we're not enough and that we need to protect ourselves from what may happen. Or we feel this sense of obligation or guilt that we need to be better, and then we just sit and stew on all of this and forget that we can't do this on our own. And so I say today that we can never be strong and faithful Christians. We can never be at gold level status with our faith. Because like Peter, we get it and then we don't. It's an ongoing up and down. It's daily dying and rising. I got this. No, I don't. Always, always. And that is why we are the church. That is why we are community. Because I need your presence, words, and actions to invite me to follow again. I need to hear again that the world is already changed through Jesus' love and promise. And we are called together to show up and bear witness to this. No one can do faith on their own. The disciples never achieved final strong discipleship status. It was ongoing daily presence and then a call to community to do this, to be together, and it all happens on the way. And that's why we're here right now, because we trust that every time we gather, God shows up, 
when we hear of his love for the world and all people. And through this word and through water and wine and bread, he comes again to us to remind us that through the cross, the world has been changed and we have been changed. All people have been changed. So then, what are we called to do and be? How can we show the world what it looks like when we embody Jesus' love and presence here and now? This is what following Jesus is all about. And we need to hear, though, that this is daily stuff that happens on the way together. I got it? No, I don't. I got it? No, I don't. It's the irregular rhythm of this life. And this is exactly where God will meet us. Amen.